Welcome, boils and ghouls, to Handle with Scare, a horror podcast brought to you by Tumbly Drunk and Vashti. Be sure to stay connected with us via social media on Twitter at Handle with Scare. You can email the show at handlewithscarepod at gmail.com, and you can visit our website at www.handlewithscarepod.com. Now, this is where I would normally introduce you to my co-host, my partner in crime, Vashti. But tonight's show is going to be a little bit different. This is where I would normally introduce you to my co-host, Vashti, but tonight's show is going to be a little bit different, as this is a solo cast episode. Like many, Vashti has been dealing with hardships this week following the killing of George Floyd and the ensuing protests that have been happening across the nation. Know that when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. I hope everybody that is listening to this is staying safe. I hope you are emotionally well too. And if you need somebody to talk to, please reach out to us. So we're recording this episode on Sunday, May 31st, which means tomorrow is the start of June. And with that, we have quite a few new streaming options across the major streaming services out there. So let's take a look at what is dropping on Netflix as of tomorrow. So on June 1st, we have The Silence of the Lambs, Zodiac, Cape Fear, Priest, uh, The Car, which was released in 1977, you have, uh, you know, a very entertaining sci-fi action flick in Starship Troopers. And then you do have The Boy uh, coming on June 5th. You know, speaking of The Silence of the Lambs, we have NBC's Hannibal TV series, which was, you know, unfortunately canceled due to low ratings. But, you know, we, we recently talked about the Clarice uh, TV series that is going to be happening on CBS. So what better way to prepare you guys than by going back and revisiting some of the other offerings within that franchise? Uh, so good way to kind of like recap and re-familiarize yourself with everything going on in that front. Coming to Netflix on June 10th, we have a new original series, Reality Z which is a zombie apocalypse uh, show that imprisons contestants on a reality show in a TV studio where they look to evade the infected. I have no idea how this is going to work. They really haven't done really anything, like, infection-wise with these, like, reality shows. Uh... I mean, I'm assuming it's like a reality show, unless it's like one of these meta things where they're just shooting a reality show within this show. I, I have no idea. I have to see a trailer to really know what the heck is going on here. Uh, but anyways, moving on. For June 16th, we have The Darkness, followed by the Netflix original series The Order, uh, which is releasing its second season on June 18th. Uh, and then speaking of sci-fi, we also have Dark Skies releasing on June 22nd. Uh, so I'll be honest, like, honestly, the Netflix arrivals this month, uh, not overly impressive. Uh, probably the bigger standouts, of course, being the Hannibal TV series, The Silence of the Lambs, 
Uh, Zodiac is also phenomenal. And, you know, if you never saw Brahms, The Boy 2, uh, I definitely recommend you guys go back and check out The Boy. Uh, as that one was a little unconventional, and the sequel is definitely worth a rental. Also, uh, go check that one out as well. But moving on to Amazon Prime, uh, another, like, shortened list here. Uh, but we do have some pretty notable movies that were released in 2019. So looking at Amazon Prime, releasing on June 1st, we have Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, which was released in 1974. We also have Incidents at Loch Ness from 2004. Honestly, don't know too much about either of those. Uh, I tend to kind of not really check out the really old monster flicks, but who knows. Uh, on June 7th, we have Equilibrium. And then June 12th uh, and the 18th are really the big release dates here. So on June 12th, we have the Child's Play remake, which released in 2019. And that is one where Mark Hamill came in and voiced Chucky. Uh, now, the Child's Play remake, I have to admit, like, I had my reservations because they kind of, like, went that high-tech... Uh, direction with Chucky. It didn't really keep the same backstory. But it was a lot of fun. There's a sequence in particular uh, that really stood out to me, and that is when Andy is essentially uh, trying to use Chucky to scare his mom's boyfriend that he does not like. Uh, and you see Chucky doing all of these different, like, facial expressions, and it's it's a really good laugh. Uh, and it is worth noting that, you know, Chucky is AI, so he is kind of, you know, self-learning. Uh, and, you know, Andy and some of the people that he hangs out with, uh, who are also around his age, uh, happen to watch horror movies, and Chucky kind of picks that up, so you can kind of see where this one is going. Now, outside of that, we also have Knives Out releasing on June 12th, and I've heard nothing but praise for this movie this is one that I unfortunately missed in theaters. I have not had a chance to rent it, and I can watch it for free in, you know, a couple of weeks. It's not too much of a wait. Uh, but moving on to June 18th, we have Crawl, which is another awesome movie released in 2019. Uh, that is it. The Basically, like, I'm sure you've seen the trailer. It is an alligator movie uh, that takes place during... A hurricane and all sorts of crazy shenanery takes place. And, like, the main the main chick in this movie is, like, a competitive, like, swimmer. Uh, and I don't want to get too much into it, but if you like creature movies, Crawl is definitely worth checking out. So outside of that, the only other offering that we have is at the very tail end of the month on June 30th. And that is the Gallows Act 2. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Act 2 was... Well, I mean, if it was anything like Part 1, it was probably filmed under a different name and released, like, screened under a different name as well. The Gallows was a really low-budget uh, horror movie that honestly has, like, a pretty bad reputation. I mean, at least in regards to, like, fanfare. Not too many people enjoyed... It's, um, but I will say, like, the, the marketing for 
the gallows was actually pretty damn good for like a newer release and i i don't remember too much of the movie i don't really remember being blown away by it by any stretch of the imagination and based off of everything i've read about act two this is probably going to be one to skip uh, but I am kind of curious to see where exactly they are going to be taking the story after what had happened in the first Gallows movie. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll give this one a go. Uh, maybe that will be a drunk movie night viewing along with something else that I don't have high expectations for. Either way, it's not going to cost me anything, so I'm definitely going to check it out at some point. Uh, maybe sooner rather than later. I don't know. Now, moving on to Shudder quite a bit here, uh, we have a couple uh, of movies coming out on June 1st. That will be Blackula Scream, Blackula Scream, Sugar Hill, and House of a Thousand Corpses. Now, uh, Vash and I both love House of a Thousand Corpses, primarily because it is essentially Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the music video. I mean, what's not to love about that? And I just love the characters. Uh, and I, I, I have a ton of, like, gear for House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil Reject, so I'm definitely going to revisit this one again. Coming out on June 4th, we have one of the bigger releases, and that is, uh, a Shudder exclusive, that being Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, which is a documentary on Mark Patton, who was the star of A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Which a lot of people have called the gayest horror movie ever made. And basically, in this movie, uh, Mark Patton essentially became the first male scream queen. And it goes through Mark's struggles as uh, this controversial sequel basically halted his career. Uh, and, you know, I, I haven't seen this one. And, you know, we, we recently caught, you know, Freddy's Revenge and... I, I personally really enjoyed the sequel. I, I wouldn't say it was, you know, anywhere near, like, Dream Warriors level. Uh, but it, it definitely has it, its moments, and it has its, like, spot in history. So I'm definitely going to be checking this one out, because Shudder does have quite a bit of LGBTQ horror offerings throughout the month of June. Moving on, we have Lyle coming out on June 8th. I remember watching the trailer for this one. This is one of the LGBTQ offerings where I'm pretty sure it follows like a lesbian couple and the chick is one of the chicks is pregnant and like I their neighbors are like I, I don't know if they're in like a demonic cult or something. I don't I, I'm not sure to be honest. I did not get too much off of the trailer uh, from that. But what I do know is there is a movie releasing on June 11th that, based off of the title, I probably would have ignored. Uh, but I, I read the synopsis, I watched the trailer, and I'm all in. And this is a Shutter original called Warning, Do Not Play. So this movie follows an aspiring director who is looking for ideas for a new horror film until a friend tells her about this mysterious movie that was reportedly shot by a ghost. So as this director gets closer to the truth, you know, the line between her film and her life tends to blur together 
Uh, it, you know, if you watch a trailer, it is very reminiscent of something like The Rain. And I'm anxious. Like, I, I really hope this one is going to uh, live up to my expectations just based off of the trailer. Definitely check that one out. Looking at June 15th, we have The Bone Box and Mausoleum, followed by Scare Package on June 18th. Now, if you listen to episode 3, which was our Chattanooga Film Festival episode, uh, you probably know that we did review Scare Package, as that was one of the festival offerings. I actually also rent it right now, if you want, for $9.99 on Prime Video. Uh, but, you know, you might as well just wait, you know, a couple of weeks to, to check this one out. It is seven uh, films. It is a anthology movie. Uh, and, you know, as we mentioned, it is kind of all over the place. There's some good, some bad. Uh, but, you know, this is essentially a love letter to the genre. It pokes fun at a lot of different tropes within different subgenres within horror as well. And there are a couple of key cameos kind of sprinkled in there. So go check it out. Let us know all of the nods to the genre that you see kind of like sprinkled throughout, especially towards uh, the last offering in regards to the segments for Scare Package. Moving on to June 22nd, we have Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary and Psychotic. Uh, now, you know, Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary is another movie that on paper... If I, if I were to just read this title, I would normally look the other way. Uh, a lot of, like, versus movies are either really low budget, pit two things that probably shouldn't be going against one another. But with a title like this, I was like, what the heck is this movie about? So I was curious. And what I will say is, based off of the trailer... This movie looks pretty damn gory, and definitely caught me by surprise. Uh, so, for something that has a, a title that I would typically ignore, the trailer definitely grabbed my attention, so I'll be checking that one out. Uh, Psychotic is also a... I'm trying to remember, I think it's like a New York slasher, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that one didn't quite grab my attention quite like Ghost Killers did, though. Now, outside of that, we also have Yummy releasing on June 25th. This is a Shred original that was uh, one of the Midnight Movies released at South by Southwest 2020. And I have to say, like, out of everything uh, outside of Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, this is the one I'm looking forward to the most. So we have Yummy, which is a Belgian zombie flick that centers around this Eastern European hospital for plastic surgery. And, you know, this hospital, they've been, uh, they've been, like, doing some cutting-edge treatments when it comes to, uh, experiments with, like, rejuvenation purposes. And it kind of leads to this woman becoming a patient zero, causing a virus outbreak, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of what you would see uh, from the Rabid remake that came out from the Twisted Twins, a.k.a. the Saska Sisters. Kind of similar to that, 
Uh, a lot of gore in this trailer, and I am all for it. This is definitely going to be one I'm going to watch the day of release. And I hope you guys are looking forward to some more zombie movies, because, uh, you know, we got some coming up on Twisted Tuesday that I can't wait to talk about. Outside of that, we also have, on June 29th, Dig Two Graves. Uh, I'm not... Not too familiar with that one, but we do have some new additions in regards to collections on Shudder as well. Uh, so we have the Queer Horror Collection coming out on June 1st. So we can celebrate Pride with a curated collection of LGBTQ horror. On that note, I do want to mention that the Fangoria Pride Tea is back as of Monday, June 1st. Fright Rags is once again teaming up with Fangoria to release this shirt. And this year, 100% of the proceeds from the sale will be donated to Cincinnati's Transform Clothing Exchange. Uh, now, those that don't know Transform Cincinnati, they are a free closet for trans and gender non-conforming youth in Cincinnati. And you can find more information at transformcincy.org. And we also have the Etheria 2020 Shorts Program, which comes out on June 19th. Uh, and for those that don't know what Etheria is, it is essentially a film night where uh, they basically showcase a ton of new offerings, whether it's horror, comedy, sci-fi, fantasy, action, thriller, you name it, they show it here. Uh, but all these films are done by immersion all of these films are done by emerging women directors, so I can't wait to check this one out, but definitely a very powerful release slate for Shudder, as you would expect, as really, like, the home for horror when it comes to streaming services. But just when you thought we were done, guys, HBO and Warner Media come out and they drop HBO Max. Now, this came out a couple of days ago. Uh, the new streaming service HBO Max launched on May 27th. And I have to say, I was looking at the list here, and this streaming service offers a slew of new releases, classic movies across different studios, and you are able to sign up for a free trial. Uh, but, like, as it stands right now... On launch, there is over a hundred horror movies available on this platform. So the trial in itself is for seven days for free. But I have to say, like, the, the monthly subscription cost of this is mind-boggling to me, because it's $14.99. Now, I, I get it, like, a lot of people have shied away from traditional cable or satellite. People are turning to streaming a lot. You know, whether it's Hulu, Netflix, Shudder. Uh, and, you know, HBO had HBO Go, which basically ties into your HBO subscription. Uh, but, like, HBO Max is essentially that, but just a, a wider catalog, essentially. But $15 a month. Are you flipping kidding me? Like, I saw that number, and I just knew immediately I would never be able to justify it. Because I already pay for several other subscription-based services uh, for streaming purposes. 
Uh, I, th I think the last one I signed up for was Midnight Pulp, just because they have a lot of uh, flicks that other streaming services just wouldn't have. And I don't feel like I really get that from something like HBO Max. But that being said, there are a lot of good things on this service. So there's a ton of them. I'm not going to list everything because that would take way too flippin' long. So let's go over some of the notable movies on here anyways. So they do have the Jaws franchise. You have the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Same with Alien. Uh, we have Gremlins 1 and 2. Ready or not, which, by the way, guys, if you didn't know, that crew is doing Scream 5, and I can't wait for that. Uh, you have Us, the superior sequel, uh, Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go on a tirade about Annabelle one of these days. Today's not going to be that day, but the sequel was actually pretty darn good. Uh, we have Houseu, or House released in 1977, which, if you guys sign up for the trial, which you should do, because there's a lot to watch here, House is really out there, and it is entertaining as hell. So check this one out. It It's, uh, it's definitely one that I own. I have a enamel pin for it, which is really badass. But this is one of those movies that make you really appreciate cinema, and... Things that a lot of people might label as what the F. Check it out. <laughs> uh, we have Little Shop of Horrors, uh, the 1986 version. We also have the original Pet Cemetery, uh, as well as Piranha. Those were released in 1989 and 1978, respectively. Uh, and the last one I want to mention is Scanner. So... There is a lot more outside of this. I know they have a ton of the Godzilla features as well. If you like a little, you know, monster mayhem, a little, you know, world destruction in that regard as well. But, you know, baseline $14.99 for a subscription cost. I'm going to pass. Uh, maybe, you know, knowing that everything else is kind of bundled into this with HBO's offerings. Uh, some of you might consider it, but it's just, it's not for me. But I will do the trial. I will check out what I want to want to see here. But that price point is kind of a gut punch. So with that being said, guys, let's see what else is going on in regards to horror news in this week's The Rundown. So it seems like just about every week we got a new TV series coming out, and this time it is Upgrade getting a silver screen uh, translation as Blumhouse and uh, Leigh Waddell are making a sequel series. So Waddell is set to direct the series based on a 2018 sci-fi thriller uh, with Tim Walsh. Being the showrunner, he did Treadstone, Chicago PD, as well as Shooter, uh, with the series picking up a few years after the events of the film. Now, basically, the show is going to look to broaden the universe with an evolved version of STEM, as well as having a new host. Uh, now, those that aren't familiar with Upgrade and don't know what STEM is, STEM is basically this computer chip implant that provides the host with heightened physical abilities. 
And the Upgrade series in itself is going to be the first project that will be developed under the first look deal that Winnell has uh, with Blumhouse, whether it is, you know, film or television. I know both of them kind of coincide with that deal. But if you've not seen Upgrade, uh, I will tell you, like, this was one that, you know, looking back, I remember when Hardcore Henry... Uh, was first coming out, and it kind of, like, took that video game appeal, you know, first-person shooter, and a lot of people were, like, really hyped to see what sort of the, like, action sequences we would get from that, and whether or not it would be too nauseating to watch with the shaky camera and all of that. And then Upgrade comes in, kind of, like, out of nowhere, and surprised the hell out of me. Like, I I had pretty, like, high expectations just based off of the trailer. Uh, and there are some awesome sequences in this movie, action-wise. So go check it out. It is a very solid, like, high-tech sci-fi movie. And I cannot wait for this TV series. Probably more so than most of the other TV series that we have been talking about here as of late. Elsewhere, we have Sony teaming up with Amazon to bring us the Fear Collection, which is a new cosmic horror anthology series. So this is a multi-picture deal with Alex De La Inglesia, who did the fantastic <laughs> Witchin' and Bitchin', as well as the Oxford Murders. And, you know, before I go on here, Witchin' and Bitchin' is great. It is, uh... It's one of these foreign films that is kind of, like, set up as a heist movie, but everyone is dressed as, like, something that you would see on, like, Hollywood Boulevard. It's, like, it's such a random, like, sequence here of just, like, characters. And, uh, you know, with witchin' in the title, yes, there are witches involved. Uh, but that movie is quite outlandish and entertaining as heck. Go check that one out. Uh, but when I, when I read about this... You know, it kind of felt like this is Amazon's way of, I don't want to say counter-programming Hulu, but it is very reminiscent of Hulu's Into the Dark series, uh, you know, of which, you know, we reviewed Puka Lives, that was one of their offerings. And Iglesias on the project was talking about the concept of this, so basically... The concept is to make a collection of films that unveil a universe of horror beyond time. The, the characters face supernatural forces that threaten humanity, and the idea is to generate a label of films with a specific character, Cosmic Horror. Uh, so this is essentially looking at releasing two films per year. And, you know, a lot of the directors that they approached were from Spain, and I think there was a deal in place to re release these theatrically in Spain. What the release cycle is going to be stateside is kind of unknown. Uh, but I would imagine, you know, obviously Amazon has first dibs when it comes to streaming this, as it is, you know, through them and Sony... Uh, but when it comes to anthology series, especially ones that are film-based, you know, Into the Dark has, like, a, a love-it-or-hate-it type thing. Like, I've not really found one that I was middle ground with. 
Uh, you know, Puka Lives, I thought, was just okay, so I guess, like, that's the closest thing I've come. But I want to see what sort of cosmic elements we're going to get, and how exactly this concept is going to tie into that. Because we've started to see, like, snippets of more cosmic horror coming into play. Uh, probably The Void being the most recent one that got quite a bit of acclaim. Uh, but I'm happy knowing that, uh, the rec directors were approached for this uh, anthology series, and I'm definitely going to check that one out 100%, because Wreck is one of my favorite horror movies, let alone my favorite, uh, like, found footage movie. In video game news, I'm really happy for this one. We have uh, Dead by Daylight celebrating its four-year anniversary, and the next chapter is one I have been waiting for. We have Silent Hill coming to dead by daylight. So Silent Hill released by Konami. Uh, the, the first movie, fantastic. The atmosphere, great. The sequel, eh, not so much. Besides the point. Uh, but this new chapter is going to bring in a new killer. That, of course, being Pyramid Head. Awesome. I cannot wait. Uh, we have a new map in Midwich Elementary School, as well as a new survivor, Cheryl Mason, who of course is a main character in Silent Hill. So for those that play on PC, the chapter is available to test on Steam right now, and then the chapter in itself will be launching on both PC and council on June 16th. I can't wait. I'm absolutely horrible at the game, but you know what? Uh, this game in particular is essentially the horror version of Super Smash Brothers. Like, what other game has, like, Ghostface, Pyramid Head, Leatherface? I mean, there are just so many, like, iconic characters that have been pulled into Dead by Daylight. And while I will never be that good at this genre of games, because it's, it's like that 1v4 type setup where someone plays the killer and the other four people are playing as survivors and you're trying to escape, escape the map and whatnot, but I'd be lying to say that I haven't been enthused multiple times by the different properties that Dead by Daylight has been pulling in. So even though I'm terrible at it, I'm still going to play it. And that's really all you should know about something by, like Dead by Daylight, just because they offer quite a bit there. So, uh, who knows? Like, if you guys play it, let me know. Like, maybe you guys can show me the ropes or show me how to not be terrible at it. Uh, but one way or another, Pyramid Head, a welcome addition to Dead by Daylight, starting on June 16th with the release of the new chapter. Last week on Twisted Tuesday, we watched a mockumentary double feature. Uh, started with Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, and we followed that up by watching Adam Green's Digging Up the Marrow. So tonight, we're going to be talking about Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. And I have to say, like, I do have kind of like a soft spot for this movie. Um... There were things that could have been improved on, but, you know, it does kind of poke fun at slashers. Maybe not as well as some other titles out there. 
But Behind the Mask is basically shot as a documentary that is set in a world where supernatural killers depicted in slasher movies are real. You have a female journalist, uh, Taylor Gentry, and her camera crew, and her two cameramen, who are looking to document the preparations of Leslie Vernon as he looks to join the ranks of other slasher icons. So, Leslie essentially uh, takes his identity from an urban legend about a boy who was killed by his family uh, who was thrown into the river by angry townsfolk. And then, you know, you, you see him, uh, you know, picking out his final girl, you know, who else is uh, going to be with her, like, you know, friends and whatnot. Uh, but let's talk body count. So, looking at Behind the Mask, there are 11 kills in this movie. You have Colin Wood, who was stabbed in the head. Uh, you have the jock, who was stabbed in the stomach. The cheerleader was slashed. Pete was stabbed in the stomach. Uh, both stoners died. One of them was stabbed in the head, while the other had his heart removed, and it was placed in his hands. So, you know, we gotta feel that final heartbeat. Uh, as he died. Kelly fell to her death after a tree branch snapped off. Todd had his neck snapped. Lauren was stabbed in the back. Shane was hung from the rafter. And ultimately, Leslie had his head crushed using an apple crusher and was burned alive. So that is 11 total kills. Uh... And I, I would say a question mark because there is a credit scene in this movie. Like a lot of like old school horror movies. And uh, yeah, you can kind of guess which one might not actually be a confirmed kill in that case. So I would I would probably say it's technically 10 based off of uh, the very tale and other movie. But I'll, I'll, le I'll leave you guys up to judge that one. Now, what I love about Behind the Mask is the amount of references that we see uh, to different genre titles. Of course, you have Zelda Rubenstein in this movie, uh, which unfortunately was her last movie. And she does use that signature voice that we heard from her in Poltergeist as she you know, retells the legend of Leslie Vernon. Uh, Zelda basically plays, like, the librarian in this case, and she is telling our, uh, our final girl about, you know, the origin of Leslie Vernon and the urban legend. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Leslie just happens to pop up, and, uh, you know, unfortunately for Zelda, she doesn't quite make it in that regard. Now, outside of that, a ton of stuff here. We have the Red Rabbit Pub... Uh, that is shown at the beginning of the movie. This is actually a direct reference to Halloween. Uh, Dr. Loomis does carry a Red Rabbit matchbook with him. We also have nods to Nightmare on Elm Street. As when we are uh, going through Leslie scoping out potential victims at the high school, you do see three girls playing jump rope in the background. We also have Lesney's real surname being Mancuso, uh, which is a nod to the Friday the 13th producer, Frank Mancuso Jr. 
And of course, you also have several character names being direct references to classic horror movies as well. Now, there is Robert England playing Doc Halloran in this movie, uh, and his wardrobe is basically identical to that of Dr. Loomis from Halloween. It is basically the same character, uh, just in a different movie uh, in this case. Outside of that, we have Leslie, uh, who has some pet turtles, uh, who he's not very good at, like, keep like keeping care of, or taking care of, I should say. Uh, his pet turtles are named Church and Zoe, uh, both of which are named after the resurrected pets from Pet Cemetery. We also have a cameo from Kane Hodder, uh, where he is seen walking into 1428 Elm Street, which is, of course, the house where Nancy lived in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, that is just like a, a snippet, really, of different nods and references to other horror movies throughout the 80s and beyond. There's more outside of that. Uh, I know the... Uh, the, the Delta 88 from Evil Dead basically makes an appearance in this as well. There's there's a lot of stuff here, a lot of things that, you know, if you pay attention, you're probably going to spot. Uh, but that is at least a good portion of them. Now, on to the review. So, we have Behind the Mask, which is essentially a slasher mockumentary. You know, it kind of, like, goes through the whole process. And... I, I will say, my biggest, my, my major gripe with this movie is the fact that, while it does play a lot on tropes of horror movies, it does kind of fall into the trap of playing things too predictably in the sense of how everything unravels, where, you know, the, the girl that Leslie is uh, targeting... Uh, is a red heron. Uh, I'm not going to say who it actually is uh, for those that haven't seen it, but, you know, you're led to believe that, you know, Kelly is the virgin, ergo she is a final girl. That is not the case. But, you know, th there's other things in this movie where, <laughs> now you you have the, uh, the, the TV journalist who is like, asking Leslie all of these questions. Uh, and, you know, the, 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 the part that really gets me is when Leslie is basically outside hitting a punching bag. And it goes through the whole, you know, he's, like, exhausted at this point because he keeps hitting the bag. You know, he's doing cardio. Uh, and he, he mentions, like, how in horror movies, you know, the, the victims, you know, the people that are getting chased are always running their asses off. Whereas, you know, the killers or the stalkers or what have you uh, are always, I don't say like walking, maybe it's more closer to like a speed walk, but, you know, it's a very brisk walk compared to everyone else who is like running like a damn gazelle. Uh, so all in all, you know, they they do kind of play by the rules when it comes to horror, uh, you know, especially if we go based on the ones that were uh, established in Scream. Uh, the stoners, they die. Uh, the people that have sex, they also die. <laughs> uh, so, 
I, I enjoy that part, but the, the gore in this movie... Honestly, there's not not that much. I thought that they would have more, like, blood gags or just more brutal kills kind of, like, sprinkled here and there to kind of, like, offset uh, the, the mocking of tropes. Like, I, I feel like the balance was a little off in that regard. So if I'm going to rank this or rate this out of four stars... I, I feel like because things kind of like plot exactly how you expect, uh, I would knock it at least half a star. But all in all, this is an entertaining movie. Um, I I tend to like this one a little bit more than others, but I would say like this is definitely a three star movie in my book. Uh, check it out; it is available on Shutter if you haven't seen it. Uh, there was also a comic that was released for this, which I have not read, uh, which was, I, I want to say it was a sequel, if I'm not mistaken. I'll, th I'll th double check on that. But, in like, a, an actual movie sequel has never actually happened, which I was surprised by, just based off of how the movie ended. Uh, so be sure to stay through the credits. That's very important when it comes to this movie. Go check it out on Shutter streaming today. Looking ahead to Tuesday, of course, we have Twisted Tuesday coming up. That will be on Tuesday, June 2nd. And this week, we are going to be taking a look at two recent standouts within the zombie subgenre. Uh, we have one that was recently featured on The Last Drive-In, while the other recently premiered on Shudder as well. So we're going to be kicking things off with One Cut of the Dead, followed by Blood Quantum, which is an indigenous zombie flick, uh, which, you know, in itself is the first of its kind. So you can join us on cast, and I will note, I did set up a shortened link for cast to make it a little bit easier to find. Uh, that link is bit.ly slash twisted twos. That is T-W-I-S-T-E-D-T-U-E-S. So Twisted Tuesday, of course, starts every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And I also posted the remainder of the June Twisted Tuesday lineup on our website, uh, it is also on my personal Twitter, at TotallyDrunkCTR. Uh, and, yo, we got... We have Asian horror. We, of course, have 1980s classics. We got some creature flicks, zombie flicks. All of the above. So come join us on cast on Tuesday. We hope to see you guys out there. Come connect with us. So with that being said, guys, I think it's time that I close things out for tonight. So if you guys want to help us out... Please, please, please do us a favor. Head on over to iTunes and write us a review. Let us know how we are doing. We are always looking for new ways to improve the show to make for a better listening experience. If you have any sort of ideas for segments or anything like that or things that you would like to see added to the podcast, feel free to reach out as we are always open ears to that sort of things. Uh, and of course, you know, if you do write us a review, we will read it on our next episode whenever uh, it gets verified on iTunes. 
So if you would like to contact the show, you can do so a number of different ways. You can email us at handlewithscarepod at gmail.com. You can find our website at www.handlewithscarepod.com. You can join our community on Discord, uh, which I also have a shortened link. So join our Discord at bit.ly slash HWS Discord. You can find us over on Twitter at Handle with Scare. As for myself, Tumbly Drunk, you can find me on Twitter at Tumbly Drunk CTR. And if you would like to follow Vashti, you can find her on Twitter at Vashti Leah B. That is V A S H T I L E A H B. So, again, guys, thank you so much for joining me tonight on this solo cast. Of Handle Whisker. You've been listening to episode four. I've been your host, Tomley Drunk. And, you know, hopefully Vash will be back with us next week. If not, uh, we'll definitely come up with something. But until then, guys, you enjoy your week. Stay safe out there. Godspeed.